Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. Didn't fuck it up this week. Yeah. Uh, That's because you're hosting. Uh huh. <laughs> Who are you? Mark Salcedo. Uh, Cedo. Mark Salcedo. Cedo. Mark Salcedo. Salcedo. Cedo. Salcedo. That sounds weird. Mark Salcedo, uh, senior editor and writer at Screen Geek. I think you died right now. Your brain. I because I've had ne- a stroke. Because I've never I've never said just the Cedo part. I've always said Salcedo, so I've never just been like Cedo, 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 Cedo. Yeah, because most people you say Do Cedo. <sighs> You're lucky that my mouse is so quiet. It entertains me because it's so quiet. Okay. <laughs> um, I know what you really want to do. Hmm. I know that my joke made you want to cry. <laughs> it did. It did. Cry right now. Cry, cry. They say crying makes the heart lighter. I need to have a heart first. So you're just like down on your toes. You fill up with tears until like... Are you full from your toes to your head? No, no. Um, I'm the uh, Tin Man because mm-hmm. he needed a heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where the tears go because if you're crying and the heart gets lighter, uh, so where do you store your tears? In my butt. <laughs> <laughs> that made me think it looked like a waterbed. <laughs> so it's all sloshing and everything. Slap it. <laughs> you sound like a monster eating something. <laughs> it's eating candy. All right. You can find us. Well, you can talk to us or wherever, like whatever you want to do. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. You can also find us on TikTok. Sometimes we wonder why we're on there. Uh, the Real Appeal <laughs> at gmail.com is our email. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would like to review us, you can find us on any podcast catcher. Um, we would appreciate that. Um, our segments for this week are our recent review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Variety Time, which is James Cameron's James Cameron and the Web Slinger. Ah, tricked ya. You did not. Yeah, I know. I fucked up. <laughs> Our geriatric cinematic is Slumdog Millionaire. Fixed. I fixed it. Did you fix it down below too? Shit. <laughs> and uh, Mark, what's the terpic? Uh, let me fix this real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Given Destiny the finger. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of an update. I got a job. Dun, 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 dun. Nine to five. It ain't what I want, but what I need. It's technically 8 to 5. You're right. It is actually 8 to 5. You and you get an hour for lunch, right? No, half hour. Really? Get a half hour for lunch. And, uh, and two breaks. Two 15-minute breaks, <laughs> but I'm allowed to combine one 15-minute break. So a 45-minute lunch 45 and 15-minute break? Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I'm not too, um, not too bothered by Can it. Can you take a 7.5-minute break and then 45-minute lunch? <laughs> yeah, let's, fi- <laughs> let's figure out that math. Let's do that. No, I, I I actually don't really mind uh, 
the 45 minute lunch. I, I'm so used to like an hour lunch. To tell you the truth, I'm okay with it because um, Kelsey's yawn because my story is so boring. Because <laughs> uh, it's a chill place. It's um, it's a delivery driving job. It's not like Amazon or like Pizza Hut or anything like that. It's delivering auto parts. It's just something that I need now because my unemployment ran out and bills need to be paid. Um, it's funny because I have this I have this two year plan. Kelsey knows about this. I have this two year plan where I'm gonna work at this job for a couple of years and then go back to school, but uh, spe- specifically uh, film school. I don't think I'm gonna wait that long. I think I'm gonna give myself like a year. Whenever whatever you do, it needs to coincide with however you're gonna figure out your living situation. I know that, and that's another thing. I'm, I'm, that's another thing I have to consider because I don't know my living situation in two years. I can more see it in a year mm-hmm. that's a bit more clearly or that's a bit more clear mm-hmm. two years i don't know yeah so i think i might just try to shoot shoot for it next summer next summer yeah are you gonna re-up with uh your roommate um most likely i am yeah you know what i am because that'd be kind of fucked up is we fucked up if like I, he moves out here a second time to get another place. And I'm like, all right, I'm dipping out like next year. <laughs> what if, what if he's like, I'm not I'm gonna move in with my girlfriend now. I'm sure he would like hit me up. He he would tell me. Yeah. Like beforehand, like maybe. Because we're already like, in June, and you got to figure that out by August then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, he would. I'm sure he would tell me. Actually, tell you the truth, I don't. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> Now you got me thinking, he said something to me about um, not wanting to be with her for too long. And I think it's only with her, like, he likes her now, but, like, he he's kind of like me. He doesn't know when to, like, quit the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so... And, she seems young and kind of annoying. Yeah, and I think she's supposed to be, like, moving out, out state for school. Uh-huh. This, this could, obviously this all could have changed. This this is like months ago he told me this, um, and he just like oh, I can't wait for her to be gone. <laughs> so, definitely safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. If I can figure out because this because this job is significantly the pay for this job is significantly lower than what I got at mm-hmm. my last job. Um, so if I can figure out exactly like my bills. Mm-hmm. for like a good like if i if i can keep up a pattern for like my bills for like a good year mm-hmm. maybe spend that year paying off my credit cards and stuff like that um and then have only like one or two bills to pay it to pay and stick with mm-hmm. then maybe i can figure out my money situation and be like all right i can work here and go to school or something like that or maybe maybe at my current job maybe in a year's time i tell them like oh i need to go to school like two days out of the week or something like that if if permitted you know what if you work full time where you are and uh, part time at Claremont Five? <laughs> Damn, just giving away our location. Now they know where we live. Everyone knows where we I live know, already. I know. We talk about it. Um, okay, so what Kelsey's getting at is um, in twenty twenty one, I had I had just finished school and I was looking for a job. Um, and at the time, I was living with my mom, so rent wasn't much of an issue. I just needed money just to, like, pay bills and stuff, like, you know, adulting kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went to our local theater, our local independent theater, because I 
Kelsey and I love that theme. We haven't been there for a while, but that's because like we got AMC passes. It saves money and stuff like oh, that. Not AMC. Regal, Regal Unlimited. That's what we got, Regal. Oh, I'm thinking of AMC because of like uh, some like class action lawsuit letter I got in the mail. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so we got like we got like this great. Obviously, the Regal deal, you know, pay for like a year. Go see as many movies as you want. So it's, it's allowing us to save money. Um, but at the time, I was like, you know what? I've never worked in a movie theater. Let me just work somewhere. Somewhere I really want to work at. Just somewhere I know I'm going to like be chill at and be like, oh, I'm in a movie theater. Like something I'm going to feel good about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, applied for the job. Had two interviews. One with the assistant manager. One with the manager. When I, I wasn't hearing anything. And then I called the manager and he was just like, nah. Like, we filled the position. I'm like, fuck, you could cock tease me like that. Um, I was a little butthurt. Fuck it, whatever. Found another job, found another job. It was doing great. It was doing wonderful. Um, was on unemployment, and I, I was trying to, like, get a job that was well-paying. That something that wasn't manual labor, something that's more into my writing, but it didn't work out like that. I'm like, all right, well, I need money, like, fast. Um, so, once again, applied to Claremont 5. All right? And, and there's a dude... <laughs> Oh, actually, rewind. Forgot to mention something. So in 2022, when I got when I was working full time, I got a call from the manager saying like, "Hey, you apply for this job. You want to come in for another interview?" And I told him, "Thanks, but no thanks. I have a job. I really appreciate it." Okay, whatever. She seemed kind of pissed off, right? All right, whatever. So then, back to where we're at. Back to current times. Apply for the job. Talked to the assistant manager who remembered me. I thought I had it in. Right. Mm-hmm. I I think like a week later I called them up and I was like, hey, I'm calling about the position. Da, 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 da. Uh, the person who was on the phone had like said something to the manager and the manager said, oh, we filled all the positions like we're good. Like if we if we uh, want to bring you on board, like we'll give you a call. And that actually pissed me off mm-hmm. because. I had been, I had like developed, I still kind of got it, but I had developed like this serious chip on my f- shoulder because of all the places I've been applying to. Like, and they're like, oh, you're overqualified. Either, yeah. And here's like, and I've told Kelsey this many times. Either the way how my work experience and education is, it's funny. I'm like, I'm a type of person who's like, I got to learn everything. So I'll learn everything from different jobs, right? So I can be qualified for this and this and this, right? Mm-hmm. So now I've gotten to a point where, like, that no longer applies. Then I go and work for, like, higher-paying jobs. So I'm at a, I'm, I'm at, what's it called? Pressure's on. I need to find myself a regular job. So to get a manual labor job, nothing. Like, nobody's fucking hiring me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I had an interview with somebody for a potential position and the guy had said oh you seem overqualified for this position yeah and it's like there's this great this is great line from american beauty i think with kevin spacey and he 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 he, he great paying job he applies for like a McDonald's fast food job and the guy is like during the interview process the guy's like you're overqualified for this position and he's like no no i worked fast food mcdonald's right there the guy was like yeah, when you're like 17. And he says he says this, while I doubt the advancements of fast of the fast food industry has grown greatly. And it's like, yes, that's exactly it, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I'm too over. I'm overqualified for these manual labor jobs, but I'm not qualified enough for the higher paying jobs. Even though I have it, I have an associate's degree. I didn't get a bachelor's yet, but I have a level of intelligence that's it's useful. You are where I was. Uh-huh. Um, I got my associate's degree. Fucking Devry was like, we can get you a job, and then they mm-hmm. failed to fucking find me a job. Yeah. Um, kept rewriting my fucking resume like 800 times because yeah. they're like, oh, the person who did it last mm-hmm. time didn't do it right. Yeah. So I, I went to Manpower and I worked a temp job for like two or three months. Mm-hmm. It was from nine to seven mm-hmm. at night, not Oof. from nine at night to seven in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, and we were uh, editing scanned um fingerprints for like the county like sheriffs or whatever yeah um and then that job ended uh-huh and then i ended up at ups oh yeah you were there for a while weren't mm-hmm. you? and that's so that's the only thing like if you can get a temp job mm-hmm. you can get some experience or like you'll be able to get in places but yeah they're not great places yeah and what like what like actually worried me was that we were coming closer to the summer and that's where the job market gets really tough because mm-hmm. there are kids who are just barely graduating or kids that are off school for the summer and they need like a quick job and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Which I which I would guess that's why. Okay, so back to back to the story real quick. So I got myself a nine to five. It was like what was it? What was it right? The line? I can't remember. It was like it was like eleventh hour that like I needed a job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got this job. It's a delivery job. I've been doing the delivery driving for like over 10 years. So I was like, all right, this is my this is my jam. I know what to do. First day at work, the Claremont 5 calls me up. <laughs> hey, you applied for this position. We want to know if you were coming for an interview. And like, I think it was the same woman. Uh-huh. I think it was the same woman. I said like, hey, like I, yeah, I dropped off the application not too long ago, but I found myself another job. I really appreciate it. But unfortunately, yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that. And she was just kind of like, oh, okay like she didn't know what to say next like oh. i was just like and i and I, t- I don't know why i told her this i said well the market is the market gets kind of bad so maybe i'll have to apply for that job again like sometime soon <laughs> i don't know why i said that <laughs> like like no, no 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 don't feel bad don't feel bad i appreciate it just don't feel bad <laughs> no she's probably like what fucking psycho i know like, what the fuck are, is he talking about are you gonna lose your job i know right um, do you know you're gonna lose your job? Like, are you into drugs? Or, I like, know, you right? show up on the job drunk. I like, know, right? Um, but yeah, like I doubt. Let's say something does happen and I lose my job. I doubt I'm ever gonna apply for that place ever again. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, this asshole, the one who keeps applying and turning <laughs> us down." <laughs> it's not my fault. Like, if the, if she had called me sooner, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, boom, I'll definitely do it. But I think I think I would have gotten the same pay um, as I'm getting now. But I like my schedule now. It's eight thirty to five, Monday to Friday. I have my weekends. I have holidays. I can rock that. I'm good with that for now. Yeah. So uh, Kelsey, hmm. what are we gonna rock next? What are we gonna rock next? Mm-hmm. Uh, made me think of that Christmas song. Which one? Rocking around. What are we do? What are we doing next? <laughs> We're gonna do our recent review of 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh yeah, you were supposed to be here at five. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. <laughs> the synopsis is Miles Morales catapults across the, the multiverse where he encounters... <laughs> you want to you wanna try that again? Let's try it again. Hold on, take two. All right. I've never pronounced it that way. Multiverse? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, she said it wrong, but just keep it going. Just keep going. Power through. Power through. Okay. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people. Why is that capitalized? Uh, charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. It's like they capitalize spider people. I don't, I, spider I don't know dash you. people. Like like how they capitalize like black. Uh, like like if it's a, like a race. Yeah. Which it's, it's not. Oh, black? Huh? Yeah, you have to capitalize black. No, I know that. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, what? No, I know yeah. that. <laughs> You've seen me capitalize it. You probably have don't I? remember. Have I? <laughs> um, yes. So, <laughs> it's directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, Kim Powers, and Kevin K. Thompson. Justin. Yes. So it was Justin. Have you not learned from last week? <laughs> how to read? No. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't learn how to read in a how, week. How to not fuck up a podcast? No, I didn't. I didn't learn that. Oh, okay. <laughs> My brain is f- like it's fried. Not just fried, but it's like like glitchy. <laughs> it's written by uh, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Dave Callahan. Uh, stars Shamique Moore, Haley Steinfeld, and Oscar Isaac. So, this is one of the most anticipated sequels uh, for a while. Uh, came out five years ago, as Kelsey did not believe when I first told her that. Um, Kelsey, mm. overall thoughts? I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really... F- I'm so in love with it that I. You can't even like quantify it in words how much you love. Well, it. that, but also like, um, you know how we, uh, this whole podcast is based off like, is something good or bad? Mm-hmm. Because you can't tell if you have nostalgia if it's good or bad. Yeah. But I know this movie is good, but I can't find anything wrong with it, and I just it's like my brain doesn't even want to, pick it apart. Okay. So I I think I'm blinded by love. Uh, I don't feel the same way. You liar. Um, you liar. I think, I think um, Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man 3? Yeah, or Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I think those are the best Spider-Man movies. Sam Raimi is still king and supreme of all Spider-Man films. No, none of that. This is probably the best Spider-Man movie ever. I thought you were going to say that you're scared because um, you don't like spiders. So you can never like a Spider-Man movie for real. That's true. I I have to be insanely drunk or high to watch a Spider-Man movie just to like cool down my anxiety. I have to be fully medicated. 
so you said that it's the best. Oh, one. I yeah, I think it's I I've heard people say this is like the best movie ever. I don't want to go that far, um, because what what I consider best movie ever really depends on the day for me, um, but as in Spider Man movies, I think this is the best one. I'll even go say it's probably the best animated movie, like in recent memory. Or maybe years, because just like the style of it, it's so, uh, it's so inventive. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know, I did not think they could improve on the technology they use in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This one, like, kicked that one right in the ass. It did, but there are some things that I mm-hmm. actually am like, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the first one was a little bit more drawn. Yeah. This one is a little bit more, like computer generated. Uh, yeah, it's a bit more. Yeah, you're right because of like the style they have to do, like the kind of like the, uh, what's it called? Like the I don't know, maybe like the cyberpunk, the cyberpunk angle of it. Mm-hmm. Plus, like the way how certain characters are drawn, they're not they're not in the, the. The same realm. Yeah, the same realm. Like, in Into the Spider-Verse, you had different type of Spider-Man. You had, like, maybe four or five different Spider-Man. There was, like, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Pig. There was the Tokyo one. Um, and then Miles Morales. And then Gwen Stacy. And then the other Peter Parker. So, you had, like, six six, six different Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if I'm forgetting anybody, uh, pardon me. Uh, but in this one, <laughs> you're gonna say pardon me to Spider-Man characters. Yeah, I'm so sorry to other Spider-Man characters that I forgot about you. <laughs> don't worry, you're in my heart uh, that I don't have. <laughs> it's full of tears. It's full of tears. <laughs> um, but no, this one it's like 200 different Spider-Man, and they have to have different styles. Not all of them are different, but they have to look similar than what we than how we've seen them. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a spoiler or anything like that. I mean, it's just like a minor thing. There's like a Lego Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So clearly you can't have like a hand-drawn Lego Spider-Man. you got to have it like in stop motion animation and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or some of the other Spider-Man from past animated movies, cartoon shows, uh, other forms of media. You have to like have it incorporate with this type of style. And they did that to be flawlessly. flawlessly. Like I, I think they had to do it to make the other ones pop, right? Because mm-hmm. like... It's not just, I mean, obviously you said about the Lego one, but you mm-hmm. have ones that are more on paper and ones that are more like drawn and ones that are more 3D. Like, yeah, ones that are more like, um, what's this? It's kind of like, it's like this kind of punk style paper mache kind of thing where it's like paper on top, paper on top of paper, like overlapping each other mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like almost if someone did like a cutout and then just slapped it on the screen or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, Mm-hmm. They they have it's the only way to do it. If you did paper mm-hmm. like more the way it was in the first one, mm-hmm. how could you make them really pop out? Yeah, and then it, it would kind of just be like the same thing. Like oh, we saw this before, you know. Yeah. Um, but not even just like that, like how they're able to like put this all together, but how like fucking cool everything looked. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I say this is this is the best Spider Man movie ever, it's not even just because the animation. It's because they got Spider Man mm-hmm. like. The web slinging, the like acrobatics and everything like that, mm-hmm. it looked amazing. And every, and I'm talking about every Spider person had like their own style. Like there was like one spider, there was one Spider person that was like on a horse. Oh, and it was yeah. like, yeah, sure, okay, why not? 
That would have been funny if the horse was web slinging. <laughs> um, all right. In terms of acting, what did you think of of the acting in this movie? Um, I thought the acting was really good. Mm-hmm. Did I have any problems with the acting? I couldn't see any problems with it whatsoever. Like everybody is like on their game. I mean, even like. I mean, Haley Steinfeld, I mean, she's a good actress. I'm sorry, actor. Um, but like this. But it's still politically correct to say actress. Is it? I thought mm-hmm. it was more like. They try to get rid of it, but people oh, okay. say actor and actress, and it's like. like I gotcha. And you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe the trans community feels differently. Well, for the sake of this, for the sake of what I'm saying, I'm, let's go ahead and say actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, like, like, she got to really, like, stretch her legs. Because, like... Well, she is Spider-Woman. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, like, in, in for Into the Spider-Verse, it was, like... It was... The story was, like, centrally on Miles Morales. But this one, this is, like, a Gwen Stacy story as well. Um, and she had to, like, bring her acting game. Because there were, there are were moments, like... I think, like, the first, like, ten minutes, I started tearing up a little bit mm-hmm. about when they were going through her story. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I to me I thought she was great. I think that's the one who. No, I don't want to say that's the one who stands out. To me, my boo, Oscar Isaac. Really? I think he stood out. He stood out the most, and I feel like he did because he got the Spider Man, twenty ninety nine character. I don't know about that. Mm. He was okay. If I was gonna say anyone was a weak link, I would mm. be that one. Really? And it's just because. I, it might. It's probably not his fault. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the acting. Mm-hmm. I can't wrap my head around that character in, okay. in general because he's just a big lunk, and he, he doesn't mm-hmm. to me really add anything. He's mm-hmm. not passionate enough about anything until he is about one thing, uh... and then I'm like, you know, like he has some heartfelt stories, uh-huh. cool, but like, um. He's almost like a, like he's dense. Oh, okay. And I can't, to me, I just don't like characters that like that very much. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait until the next one to see how much further that goes. Because maybe it's just because he's still kind of new and he doesn't get mm-hmm. introduced for like half the movie. Mm, okay. Um, I don't, I don't see it like that. Like, I don't really see him as dense. Um. I see him like his character very stoic, and he has to be given about um, what's going on and what he has to do. Uh, he's got like the weight of he's essentially got the weight of the of the multiverse like on him because he's like putting all these Spider Men, Spider People together and stuff like that to like for a common cause. Um, but to me, the, the, I see there was there were moments where he broke out of character. Um, Especially, like, when you got into his backstory and stuff like that. And then when he got, like, incredibly angry at mm-hmm. certain times. That was, like, you know, he's supposed to be, like, this level-headed like this level-headed leader. But he has these moments of, like, weakness where he, like, breaks out of character. Um, and I think I think it's great because how Oscar Isaac was able to, like, balance that. Well, it's Oscar Isaac. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, Have you seen the one show? What one show? Moon Knight. Okay, y- yeah. He played two people in that one. Yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm like, what are you getting at? Well, for a second, I was like, 
please be Oscar Isaac. You weren't even sure if he was in that show. I'm sure uh, I recognize no. the face in my head, but I get oh him confused. Oh, my God. With, I get the names confused. Don't say Pedro Pascal. Yes. <laughs> and Diego Luna, too. They're all three of them, the trifecta of, it's like saying. Of like, spe- of like, like s- Cameron, Cadence, Lamb, yeah. like, fuck, you know which one you are. Yeah, you know, my mom has the same issue with, because uh, once, because well, last week, um, last week it was, it was myself, my mom, uh, Megan, and, and Leia, who, first name is Morgan. My mom calls her Morgan. Um, so... <laughs> She was like, she was talking to me, but she was like, Morgan, I mean, Mark. And then she goes, there's too many M's in this car. <laughs> you can solve it by calling her Leia. I don't know why she doesn't want to, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I guess I just couldn't. Couldn't get behind Oscar Isaac? I could. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's inappropriate. Uh, yeah. It's not that I didn't like his character. Mm-hmm. I just. I don't know. I, I think I just need more time with him. Because okay. I think maybe his character is maybe too stoic. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, let me see. So the direct... Oh, that makes complete sense. <laughs> I've never heard you use oh, that voice. Okay, so how do you say the director's name? Uh, Joaquim Dos Santos? Yes. Because I'm like, why is this... Because I was watching the movie uh, across, the, across the Spider-Verse... And I kept thinking, like, why, why does this, the, uh, why does the style look so familiar? Like that style, but like the style of directing, what? Because it's three different directors, right? I'm like, why does the style look so fucking familiar? Okay, so first of all, in terms of directing, um, what? So these aren't. Let me see if I read this correct. If I can read this correctly, okay. So the only one, okay, so. None of them are from. None of them have returned from uh, into the Spider Verse. These are all new directors. Oh, right. They're all directors. They're all new directors, but they, they, they like worked it out mm. right together. So, uh, what's his name? Joaquim Dos Santos. Joaquim. Joaquim Dos Santos. I knew. I see. I saw his shit before. He was behind um, Voltron: Legendary Defenders and The Legend of Korra. Oh. And that style of like animation, like not just the style, but like the the movement and the fluidness and the like the the action scenes, very familiar with that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was so that's why I was looking. I was like, why does she look so familiar? And I'm like, oh no wonder, because I love this dude's work. <laughs> Is it the same writers? Uh, let me see. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, yeah, they've written the the previous movie. Uh, Dave Callahan. Callahan. Let me see. He was writer producer on Shang Chi. Uh, oh, he was on Jungle Event. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm like getting distracted. <laughs> uh, yeah, all new writers, all new writers, all new directors. That's really cool. That is so cool. Yeah, that like these people like came together and was like, well, except for Chris Miller and um, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, but these people all came together with like with their own background of like animation directing and like writing and mm-hmm. was like boom and it made that I guess that's why it's it's it looks like if you watch it you see the style of the first one and you're like okay it's got it, the DNA it's got the DNA it's got the DNA but it's like all right 
this is better. And I think that's why it's so much better because it's like a fresh take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why it like it it makes it so goddamn good. Yeah. Um, let's see the direction. Mm-hmm. Flawless. Very flawless. Um, and I and I think, I think that. I think this type of movie calls for like three directors, because a lot of shit's happening. Um, I'm gonna say it works for this one, mm. but just because a lot of shit's happening does mm. not make it worthy of three directors. Because we know mm. from experience that three directors, even in a busy movie, makes it very disjointed. That's very true. But when I say um this like this movie needed three directors, it's because it's not just tackling like one setting like let's just say new york right it's gotta like cover well they're bouncing around new york for one thing yeah but like that's like one setting new york bouncing around new york no I'm, say I'm saying it's very frenetic there yeah so um, you, even if you did just stick around new york like mm-hmm. you still need more than one director i that's it i won't necessarily say that but what, I, what i'm getting at is because this movie is like multiverse level like kind of crazy you know and not just that it's because how like crazy the style can be or how the animation can go or even like the the ton of characters it's like we need multiple directors to make sure that we all have one vision but we're not burning ourselves out and the characters can Mm. be more nuanced yeah yeah and not just like you know like a singular voice or anything like that Mm -hmm. and like a key example is like the russo brothers that did uh infinity war and like endgame that was like a those are two huge movies and it worked i think it worked better because it was two directors taking like sharing the load in terms of like directing. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Whedon did it good with the Avengers, um, but like with Age of Ultron, it was a much bigger story. But that movie suffers from like a one director's vision yeah. that obviously needed help. <laughs> huh? He said one director's vision. I was like, vision. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um. All right, you want to hop into the uh, spoiler section? Yes. All right, so we're going to get into the spoiler section. We're going to talk at Greg Lings uh, about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So if you don't want to be spoiled, spoil! Here's a spoiler bumper right about now. a little dizzy <laughs> from dancing around you did you see what i was doing yeah yeah anyway <laughs> i wasn't even dancing around i was just you know shaking like uh bopping my head side to side but i kept doing it for the whole time so now i'm like oh my stomach <laughs> all right what was your favorite scene <laughs> oh, what is my favorite scene mm-hmm. it's so hard to pick because there's so many great scenes in this movie yeah um, I really kind of like every time he was like somewhere, like Who? in a universe. Who, Miles Morales? Mm-hmm. Okay. In a universe, he didn't belong mm-hmm. because of how they showed them like glitching in there in that universe. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, I don't know which scene is my favorite. If I'm be honest. Okay. Um. All right. So then I'll I'll take this. To me, my my favorite 
I guess I say his favorite scene and favorite sequence is when all the spider people are, are after Miles Morales. Because, mm. like I said, it's different spider people coming at him. But it's so funny how he interacts, like, to how he interacts with other spider people that are, like, getting too close to him. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, <laughs> there was the, the Spider Man cow or the spider cowboy with the horse. And. <laughs> Like, Miles Morales was on the horse, and the spider cowboy was like, all right, on the count of three, we're going to draw. He goes, one, and then Miles hits him in the face with the webbing. He's like, you're supposed to wait three! (laughs) (laughs) But just, like, stuff like that, how how he's interacting with his characters trying to get away and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And how it's, like, this incredible sequence that could come off very, like, transforming, where it's just, like, shit's happening on the screen. You don't know what's going on. Um, and how it, it, it like lands on that train where the train is like going like up, like vertically up. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how Oscar, uh, I'm sorry, how, uh, Miguel O'Hara, O'Hara, um, like has him pinned down and he's like telling him like all this shit, like you're an anomaly. You're not supposed to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like all this kind of, like while all this action's happening, it's like all like this fucked up shit that he's telling him about how he's not supposed to be there because you know destiny didn't destiny was like no you're supposed to be you're not supposed to be a spider-man like yours was an accident and everything like that and when he like he like looks at gwen and peter parker well no peter parker lets it slip out that they were gonna tell him they're gonna talk to him about or no let him down easy and he was like you guys are my best friend this is why you didn't come visit me. This is what you, you guys have known this all this whole time and didn't talk to me. So it's this very like heartbreaking moment. Um, and then like, you know, uh, Spider-Man 2099 says like, um, oh, he says something in the vein of like, uh, like you can't beat us. Like you're the original anomaly. No, 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 not that. But he pretty much like talks shit. He he continues talking shit, talking shit to Miles Morales. But pretty much like you're a loser. You can't beat us. You mm-hmm. know you can't like all my all these spider people are coming after you. And you can't win. And he's like, oh yeah. And he tells him, well, I got all you away. I got all of the spider people away from their base. And that's where he was like, <gasps> like oh my god, that was his whole plan and everything. And how he gets back. <laughs> that whole sequence was like, they're like, um, oh yeah, he did think this through. Yeah, exactly. It's that whole sequence is unbelievably badass which uh is that part of the sequence sequence when um he was like running mm-hmm. and like it was almost like if dr strange was like moving the world around like his reality because like the train mm-hmm. was like oh no that's at the end when he ended up in 42 okay universal universe 42 yeah i think was... that's part that's like one of the scenes that stands out for me yeah because he's like running and like he's jumping and like you don't know where he's gonna land yeah and you're not sure that he does but yeah. the, like the world it doesn't even look real yeah yeah exactly uh so there are quite a few cameos other than the spider people well what <laughs> other than the spider people there are also other spider people <laughs> yeah no but not just that like like other villains who show up like i like how one of the spider people was like um like the like they're like oh that that's this this is this is who they are, and like one that was completely supposed to be like Rhino, one of Spider Man's like well known villains, mm-hmm. which is like a re- regular Rhino that they caught. <laughs> um, but like to me, one There's of the, like the lizard. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
there was one cameo that caught me off guard. I was so happy to see it was Donald Glover as the Prowler. Uh-huh. It was like actual Donald Glover, like live action <laughs> Donald Glover. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> but he was kind of like Donald Glover as Ern as. <laughs> as um, the as, prowler, I, uh, as like Child's Gambino, like, "Hey, I'm here!" Woo. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, so they they use this they use the deaf scene between Andrew Garfield and Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, those two actors that died. No, <laughs> no, his Peter Parker and Martin Sheen's uh, Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. And then we got a little bit of Tobey Maguire. Yeah, with his death, uh, with with uh, that Uncle Ben's death. Uh, I, I actually had wished, because those were basically clips from the previous movies. Mm-hmm. I had actually wished that it was them, like actually them. Mm-hmm. I actually it? liked, the other scene that I liked was mm-hmm. when they started showing you like, it was almost like a stack of cards that you're pushing. Mm-hmm. And it was like all of the spider people with all of their Uncle Ben. Oh, yeah. That was actually pretty badass, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was badass. Uh, I'm trying to think. what. God, there's so many like great shit that happened. There was there. a, I think there was a T-Rex. There was a, there was a T-Rex, uh, Spider-Rex? Spider T-Rex? <laughs> that actually had webbing and shit. <laughs> oh, I think I already know what's your favorite spider person. Which one? Spider cat. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was underwhelmed because that one. Uh, oh, spider cat. Yeah, because that one's not as cool as uh, the one from uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, the the one cat that eats everybody. Yeah, I like that cat. <laughs> that that alien that people eating alien. Yeah. Um. I thought Spider Cat was fucking hilarious because like it was like on Miles' face like yeah yeah yeah, and then like when Miles like held it back it like spit webbing out and he's like oh come on man, <laughs> that part was funny. Then yeah. I was like, that's Pocket. <laughs> I know, right? Like yeah, that's her. <laughs> um, all right. So, what did you think of that ending? Um, like the whole reveal that like he's. He's not home. He's in like Universe Forty Two, like where Spider's from. Well, there's a couple of thoughts I had. Mm-hmm. In a way, at least part of him belongs in that world mm-hmm. because of the spider. Yeah. So I didn't understand why he was glitching as much. Well, because the spider is part of the world, but he himself is not part of it. So, and I and I think that was a good device to be like for the shocking reveal of like, oh my god, you know, he's in the wrong universe. Yeah, because he realized it when he glitched. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Um, but still, like, I I don't know. I kind of disagree about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the spider's power, so I feel like he could be in both worlds. Yeah, because oh, so uh, your argument is like, just a. I guess to simplify it, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, not that simplify it, to like do an exa- uh, example of it. Um, to he, quantify it. Quantify, yeah. The spider bit him, it's in his blood, therefore he should be okay. Yeah. Okay, all right, I got gotcha. um, But I was like, whatever. I mean, that's like a minor detail and, mm-hmm. you know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. it wasn't a miss mm-hmm. or anything like that. It was just a thought. Yeah. Um, But also, I don't know how I feel about it because... First, I don't think I was ready for it. I think that's why. 
okay i don't think i was ready for that kind of a twist like Uh. i was having so much fun and he was also like he was already going through a lot of shit yeah so then to have that kind of a twist and i'm like for it to end so dire and Mm -hmm. also to see like an evil miles morales yeah um i'm kind of like like i don't necessarily want to see the the seedy story of Mm -hmm. what his childhood could have been like i think and hear me out i think i think the reason you feel that way is because you feel so connected with miles morales like it's almost like i don't want to see anything bad happen to this guy and i don't need to see an example of what could have been like him in a downward spiral i think it's that Mm -hmm. um but i feel like that about people too Mm -hmm. you know like um Like Leia, for example. Yeah. I like, I love her Mm. and I don't want anything to happen to her. Yeah. Um, like I see, I like, I see potential in people. Yeah. And I always get sad if like, I feel like it got wasted or something prevented that person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like kind of sad too. Cause I'm like, like what's going to happen? Obviously it's probably nothing that bad because it's a movie, but. No, no, I get you. And then the whole the whole thing about Leia, I think that's just you, like, not to make, like, a sexist comment or anything like that, but I think that's just, like, your maternal, I didn't mean just coming up with this, it's your, kind of your maternal feeling or protection of her. I would say that, probably about her, but mm-hmm. other people? Well, that's the thing. It, like, that, if I see uh, someone who I know is really fucking smart, uh, but they're not doing well. Yeah. I get frustrated. I get sad because I'm like, honestly, mm-hmm. you could be doing something with that. And too many people probably fucked with your head. You know, I used to actually be like that a, a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially like the people I would date. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole thing in the relationship is always to like lifts, lift a person up, like mm-hmm. have them reach to their potential, their potential mm-hmm. and then lay it out like, oh, you got this, you got this, you can go this, you can do this. If that doesn't work, you have this. Like, you can do it. And then when they they either, like, when fear kind of gets in the way of, the, of them trying it, or they just, I wouldn't say, like, they have to do, like, what I tell them, but when I see them kind of, like, just wasting away instead of reaching their potential, I start, I get, the same thing with you, I get frustrated and I get sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I get kind of frustrated because I'm just like, yo, I just waste my fucking time. Yeah, but you do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's human nature. Um, so so that ending, I actually saw that ending coming. Um, Which th- means the writing wasn't that good. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was like certain clues I was picking up on. Like one clue that I feel like not a lot, not a lot of people caught this was um, when uh, Miles is talking to his mom or he thinks it's his, his mom mm-hmm. and they're like they have these clo- like they have a close up of her face. They did a couple of close ups of her face, right? Which I was just like, why are they doing like a close up? And her eyes were green. His mother's eyes are brown. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, wait, something's wrong with this. And then like, if you looked at the room, yeah, his room was trashed. Yeah, exactly. And it looked dirty, like yeah, not not just like messy, but dirty. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, he's in the wrong universe. But I didn't expect like his uncle to still be alive. Uh-huh. Um, or the fact that his uncle's not the prowler, that the prowler is Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect, like, like I didn't expect it up until, like, um, 
when the uncle was like, oh, I'm not the prowler. And I was like, oh, it's Miles. Oh, shit. But it was still, it still had the same effect of like, oh, my God. I think it's kind of interesting, though, that. Mm-hmm. um, Like, basically, his uncle in that universe uh-huh. sees him and knows it's like not the Miles he knows. Yeah. But instead of like, hey, who are you? Like, uh-huh. like. They're, like, I understand that they're both, like, dead on the inside. Yeah. But not at any point were they, like, even worried about how that happened or, like, yeah. scared or, like... I it was just, like, let me tie you up and then intimidate you like we're in a gang. Probably because, like, they've seen some fucked up shit or done some fucked up shit. Like, the way how they show that world, mm-hmm. it's, like, crime syndicate, like, town or city or something. Like, everything's shit. on fire. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, we've seen, like, some weird shit. There's probably nothing new for us or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I like how that ending, it put holes in uh, Spider, Spider-Man 29, 2099's theory about if, if, like, a tragedy like that happens then um you become a hero it's, that's like that's like your moment to become a hero right that's the the tipping point right mm-hmm. and it puts holes in his theory because miles dad dies and instead of him being the hero he becomes he just becomes the villain he just becomes dark yeah but he well there's two things with that uh-huh. the spider wasn't supposed to leave that world and it did. okay i already had that i i knew you're gonna say that and i have an argument against that but go on um also i think that Mm -hmm. being bit by the spider would have been the difference Uh because you have so much power and you can use it to help people Uh um i think you're right though probably because his dad died he got dark but not only that because who his his uncle was his uncle wasn't exactly like a good person his his uncle was a criminal you know well i kind of liked how he was portrayed in the first one though his um, uncle right like like, okay, for mm. white people, it's different, but like, like it's okay to to love someone and know that they have like your best interests at heart, uh-huh. and they could be a little shady, but they're like they don't mean anything by it or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's how they kind of portrayed the uncle in the first one until he was the prowler. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so I thought they were kind of being a little progressive there, where they were like. You know, like, this is real life. This isn't, like, mm-hmm. you know, black and white. This is yeah. how people are. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, for him to be just completely fucking evil in mm-hmm. the second one, I was like, okay. Like, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It, it shows how much of an influence someone, <clears throat> someone has on another person's life. <clears throat> and that, that, like, his and... In Earth Forty Two, uh, Miles Morales' father, when he died, <clears throat> I think when he died, it was like a rippling effect. It wasn't just affecting Miles; it was also effect- affecting his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and his uncle was already like a criminal, mm-hmm. right? And like in the previous, in the in the other Earth, in the previous Spider-Man movie, he was a criminal, but like he, you can tell he still had some influence because of who his brother was. His brother was a police, a uh, police officer. Mm-hmm. So there still is like that tone between like good and bad and stuff like that. I can't mm-hmm. go full evil because here's my brother and he's, he's, he's still an influence to me. Mm-hmm. And what happens when that influence die? You just like, you can go one of two ways and clearly he went like the bad way mm-hmm. and how that affected not only 
his, his the way how he affected that or that universe's miles but how the death of his uh dad was like the tipping point mm-hmm. and of course like you know like when people die you know i mean there's like a different type of emotions you go through you can either like be happy no, i don't say ha- be happy about it but either <laughs> learn, <laughs> learn something from it or you could your life just go to shit mm-hmm. it just people react to different ways yeah um does that bring you to the thing that you thought when we were leaving the, the theater yesterday Oh, about Empire Strikes Back? Mm-hmm. I do see it like the ending of Empire Strikes Back. And I'm not the only one who has said that. Um, because you say that, and I'm like, which one's that one? <laughs> so that's the one. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you the entire movie. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that's the one where they're on the planet Hoth. It's like, it's it's an ice planet. Mm-hmm. And then that's where Luke gets his hand cut off. And he, oh, people who, I'm sorry, spoilers for Star Wars. <laughs> Where Luke gets his hand cut off and he finds out like Vader's his father. Mm-hmm. And then Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett takes him. He's going to take him to uh, Jabba the Hutt or mm-hmm. to the Huts. And then at the end, Luke is standing there with Leia and R2-D2 and C-3PO while they see Lando Calrissian and Chewbacca like flying off mm-hmm. into the in the Millennium Falcon. Okay. Ring a bell? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think that's my favorite one. That's a lot of people's favorite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I, the comparison is, like, like holy shit, like, the heroes are down. Like, their whole ideology has, like, shifted now. And they're at their, like, lowest. Well, let's, like, stop it here. Um, did you, so, so, did you have a problem with that when the, the movie had, like, stopped at a certain point? I didn't have a problem with it. I uh-huh. think it felt... I don't know how to explain it. It felt kind of unnatural. Okay. Because I've, I've heard that argument. Yeah. Yeah. We're so used to like a conclusion. Yeah. And it's like two weeks in a row. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where a movie ends like that. What was the other one? Oh, that's right. Fats X. Holy uh-huh. shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, if you want to go further back, at least a year. Because remember, that's how Dune ended. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even that one kind of felt like they were on an adventure. Mm-hmm. So like, it, like it's okay. Yeah, that okay. whole movie was unconventional. What, Dune or? Yeah. Okay. But this movie, the story is an actual fucking story. And it's, yeah. and like now you're going to sit here with, I maybe it was more painful. Mm, okay. Like, I, like <sighs> I don't, I think this movie is a little bit too real for me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I guess you've gone through the multiverse and encounter a bunch of spider Kelsies? Yeah. Have you <laughs> met me? Yeah. I don't experience things and then continue to remember them forever. Yeah. I feel like I've lived a thousand lifetimes. That sounds great. It sucks. <laughs> no, I don't. It's you constantly up. feel like a traveler. You don't belong anywhere. Uh-huh. That's it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> you look totally interested in what I was saying. No, no, no. I was like, <laughs> You're I was like, like looking away and just scratching your chin. No, like a... I, look, my face was itchy. Something caught my attention. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't have a problem the way when it ended, like that. A lot of people are like, "Oh, the ending just sudden, uh, the movie just suddenly ended and stuff like that." I didn't take it like that. I took it like, "All right." Clearly, the, clearly, they have a bigger story to tell. They can't do it in the conventional 
two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm fine with waiting. I'm fine. I'm fine with waiting to see what happens next. Plus, they said to be continued. So ob- I mean, and, that's and, like obviously, guys. Yeah, and then, and not only that, like every like this movie, it was called like during the um, advertisements. It was Spider Man Across the, the Spider Verse, Part One. Mm-hmm. It was Part One, and if you threw a rock at like film news, they they would say, "This is a two part movie," like straight <laughs> up. They even have the title of it, which is called Beyond the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. There was some dick bag on Twitter who was like pissed off how it suddenly ended, mm-hmm. right? And like, I guess he called himself a reviewer or something like that, right? And he was just mad because he didn't know it was gonna end like that. I'm like, dude. How do you not know? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, like, what? Like, you're just being an asshole just for the sake of it. Yeah. So I, I don't remember that guy's name, but fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, anything more to discuss? I think we've kind of... I think we covered right everything. Okay. I do uh, kind of want to mm-hmm. see um, Gwen. Oh, Spider-Gwen? Or uh, uh, Spider-Woman? Sorry, mm-hmm. her name is Ghost Spider. I'm sorry. It's what? Her her comic book name is Ghost Spider. Oh, but and for sake of this, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, she. Um, I want to. I can't wait for their stories to mm-hmm. kind of sync back up because her, right now. Hers and Miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it when they're not, you know, not talking. What do you think of about a spinoff with that character? I totally love that. Okay. Yeah, they're they <clears throat> Amy Pascal. Who's like the head of Sony or one of the heads of Sony had said like they're gonna work on a spinoff with her. Is she related to Pedro Pascal? Is no, that why she re- hired Oscar Isaac? Yeah, and and has Diego Luna as a friend or something? No, Diego Luna plays um, Spider Pig. Sure, I mean you're wrong, but sure, <laughs> let's go with that. Um, all right. Oh, oh, so what do you say? People should check it out. Yes. All right. I feel the same way. Uh, oh, let me tell you. The thing hmm. that I said immediately when I got home, and uh-huh. I thought about it as soon as we were in the car, uh-huh. and I even posted it, uh-huh. is like, this movie, I got home at like 1030, because mm-hmm. we're only like 10 minutes, not even away from the movie theater. Yeah. And as soon as I got inside, I was like, God damn it, it's 1030. My kids are already asleep. I want to take them to the fucking <laughs> movies like, to watch it again right now. Like, Like if I was at an amusement park. And I just got off like the best ride mm-hmm. and I immediately turned around and ran back into line. I, I can see that. Um, and, mo- and not a lot of movies get me like that. And I oh, hate, yeah. I am not a rewatcher. Yeah. I don't fuck with that shit. Yeah. I think like the last movie, and I'll say maybe the last movie that you did that for was like Dune. But that's because it, that's because that movie deserved like a widescreen, like an IMAX level type screening. Yeah. Um, but before that, it was... Into the Spider-Verse. You were just like, holy shit, I got to see it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same way. Like, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I can't wait to rewatch it. If I didn't have this... And we're going to take the kids. Yeah, if I didn't have this fucking, you know, eight to five job, I'd just watch it again like three times. <laughs> I like, would feel sad because, like, I want to be there too, but I got to work. You know, we I have a life separate from you. So we'll go to the theater. Mm-hmm. The same one, but okay. separately. <laughs> yeah, we'll sit at opposite ends of the theater. Yeah, you sit down in the lower left corner. I'll be up at the top right. No, you have a good you have a good seat. No, it's not good. The screen's too small up there. Yeah, but like the screen's too big when I'm down there. That's how I watch Black Panther. 
I was right in the middle, looking straight up at the thing. I'm like, wow, their foreheads look funny. <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> no, it's not. It was a packed house. Yeah. You got a problem with that? Yeah, no. I do. Okay. What, what now? I don't know. You tell me. What, what do we got next? <laughs> and next, we're going to do our variety time. This segment on this show this week, we're doing James Cameron and the Web Slinger. And uh, Mark is going to talk about how uh, James Cameron almost made a Spider-Man movie. Uh, also, I'd love to know what that would look like with the technology he has now. Oh, shit. That'd be crazy. I know. Um, yeah. So I found this article on Collider. Um and the name of the article is What Happened to James Cameron's Failed Spider-Man Movie? Uh, movie? With a question mark. <laughs> um, it's written by Lisa uh, Lemon. Lamman? Um, well, how's the spell? L-A-M-A-N. Oh, yeah. Lemon. We'll call it Lemon or Lemon. Lemon. Uh, so this article breaks down um, the history of James Cameron trying to make a Spider-Man movie. So I'm going to read uh, bits and pieces of the article and, you know, Kelsey and I will comment on it, on it obviously. Uh, so, <laughs> so the article goes, originally Cameron's uh, sight, sights in the world of superhero cinema were set on the X-Men, uh, with this man uh, set to produce a big screen take on the characters that would be directed by Catherine Bigelow. Mm, interested right there. Mm-hmm. At lunch uh, were the key creative minds behind the perspective movie got to, got to meet with the one and only Stan Lee, though the topic of conversation drifted away from mutants to web crawlers. Apparently Lee gauged Cameron's interest in handling a movie version of Spider-Man. And that's all it that's all it took to get the man behind Aliens hooked. X-Men was history. Cameron was now determined to tackle Spider-Man. Alright. Starting off good, right? Mm-hmm. Starting off good. Stan Lee's like, boom, I want you to do this movie. Stan Lee comes to you and says, Hey, make this comic book movie. One, for me, I'm gonna shit my pants. Two, I'm gonna shit my pants again. Do you think, um, do you think if Stanley went to Martin Scorsese? (laughs) Scorsese would have been like, cinema. I made it. (laughs) He would be like, it's cinema if I do it. (laughs) I know, right? Like, it would have been a great movie. (laughs) All right, so the article continues. Um, Cameron's pursuit of the movie would eventually result in a script treatment. Um, sorry, script meant that was quite a, oh, pocket. That wasn't quite a fleshed out screenplay, but did give um, a intricate oh, breakdown of what the proposed movie storyline would be. Outlets like IGN would eventually review the piece of writing, which opted to focus uh, much like Spy- uh, Sam Raimi's like Spider-Man movies um, and the relationship on Peter Parker and Mary Jane. So already we're kind of like, all right, we're getting a Spider-Man movie. We're getting out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi, mamas. Mamas. Hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so <laughs> um so peter parker eventually finds out that he can shoot webbing from his wrist um shoot weapons from his wrist rather than web shooters so like i said already sound like sam Raimi's type of deal however the script is far from uh a retread of the uh 2002 spider-man movie case in point the baddies were electro and sandman 
with each getting different names of their alter egos than the comic book counterparts. Uh, Electro's Max Dillon is named uh, Carlton Strand, but the Sandman isn't Flint Marco. He's a guy named Boyd. All right, that's getting kind of weird. I know. Okay, so this early iteration of the project carried other elements longtime fans of the comic books may not have expected, uh, including Parker carrying a persistent for profanity and now famous sequence where he and Mary Jane Watson had sex on the Brooklyn Bridge. He not he had a penchant. Oh, sorry, penchant. Sorry, penchant for profanity. There you go. Uh, all right. Um, getting a little heavy. Getting a little heavy with that. Mm-hmm. Cute little pocket. Uh, Cameron had a passion for this project, which is even apparent in this uh, modern and in, in his modern day comments about the film. In his book Tech Noir: The Art of James Cameron, the filmmaker referred to Spider-Man as the greatest movie I never made. He also, I would, I'm so curious on what this movie would have been like if he directed it, because James Cameron's mind is like fucking crazy. Like you have to be somebody possibly on ADD to create Avatar, mm-hmm. like all of that shit. Yeah. Um, he also noted outside of, outside of this book that he wanted to make a Spider-Man movie with a kind of gritty rea- reality to it to match the grounded approach of the earlier blockbusters like Terminator and Aliens. All right, all right, all right. Making a bit gritty. All right, all right. Among Cameron's further modern re- revelations about the film had been that he planned to have the cast anchored by Leonardo DiCaprio and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger supposed to be... Um... Spider-Man. Oh, I thought no, you were be the newspaper guy. No, no. With the, <laughs> with, oh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Ah, give me the pictures from Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. With the former uh, actor portraying Peter Parker and Spider-Man, Leonardo DiCaprio. The concepts of these two working um, under Cameron's watch is fascinating given that it would have united the two defining leading men for, of this director's career. That's a that's a true point. That's like that's like uh, and they've done this. That's like De Niro and like that's like Martin, Martin Scorsese's Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese's Leonardo DiCaprio like in the same film. Mm-hmm. Was they're doing that again with uh, like a recent film that he's, he's doing that's like maybe four hours long. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it of the Killers in that one? And, you know, it's not the first time they'd be on screen together. Who, uh, DiCaprio and Schwarzenegger? Mm-hmm. What, what would it be? What, what, what would it be? What our our be? favorite um, video ever where, uh, you know, Titanic. Oh, the Titanic one? <laughs> uh, what is the... We saw that clip just so people don't get confused. There's uh, a clip going around where um, someone deep faked Arnold Schwarzenegger's face mm-hmm. on as Rose. Uh and um, yeah, there's that scene where they say, Tommy, Tommy, like a French girl's yeah. Jack. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So the movie I'm referring to is <coughs> Killers, of the, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the one that De Niro and, De, sorry, De Niro and uh, DiCaprio are going to be in together. Mm. Uh, all right. So back to the article. Um, so Cameron was down a party with a web crawler, but it, but this vision of Spider-Man was taken down not by the Green Goblin or Doc Ock, but by legal controversies. Legal controversies. Uh, once upon a time in nineteen in the nineteen eighties and nineties, uh, Marvel was just another cash-strapped company willing to sell 
off film rights to individual characters to whoever was willing to pony up the cash. Now, this is well known. Uh, Marvel was on the was borderline bankrupt, so they sold a lot of their properties, like the rights to it, like the film rights, to like a lot of different production companies. That's why. That's one of the reasons why we don't have like a actual. <coughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's why we don't have like an actual like Incredible Hulk movie um, since like Mark Ruffalo has taken the role. Um, why Spider-Man's with Sony, uh, X-Men was with Fox for a while. Um, oh, for a long while, the Submariner was owned by Lionsgate, I believe. And they only recently sold that property back to Marvel. And that's why he's a, in Black Panther. So the article continues. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Spider-Man being Marvel's hottest, hottest character had been <laughs> eagerly pursued for a movie, but by the early 90s, multiple studios had already tried and failed to get a solo feature um, of the superhero off the ground. Uh, 20th Century Studios had the film rights to Spider-Man at the dawn of the decade. Uh, they teamed up with another production company, finally getting this blockbuster off the ground to get the blockbuster off the ground. Uh, that company was uh, Carl, Carl Locke, pictures c-a-r-o-l caroco caloco caroco uh which had financed the 91 james cameron movie terminator 2 um so so yeah this is how cameron would get to create the spider-man movie with all signs seemingly pointing to it being uh being a surefire thing because of cameron's history with his production company the success of terminator 2 like it it was like it's gonna get made Mm -hmm. it's gonna get made Fortunately, the production company went bankrupt in 96 and was quickly purchased by MGM. Uh, MGM brass extra confident had now it had now officially secured film rights to Spider-Man. All right. MGM. They got it now. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so far it's gone through. uh, Let me see. So let me see. So Fox was one of them. It's gone through Fox already. Um I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, so so far as I've gone to Fox, nothing. All right, and then this Carl Coloco, Carol Go, Carol Go, <laughs> pictures had it not had had, had it, it not. not had it not had it but did not. Mm-hmm. So now MGM has it right. Mm-hmm. So a lawsuit ensued between Marvel Entertainment and MGM, with the former company claiming that the bankruptcy of the production company I can't pronounce meant that the film rights of Spider-Man went back to Marvel. <sighs> like reading this is like breaking my heart because it took, okay, I'm going to save this. I'm going to save that for the end. So Cameron was committed to making Spider-Man and even pressured his studio, his studio home 20th century Fox to buy the film rights back. Um, he would later recall Fox didn't want to get into all the messy legal stuff connected to the character, despite <clears throat> Cameron's insistence that Spider-Man would be a guaranteed juggernaut for the studio. Once again, showing how Fox, 20th Century Fox, don't know their shit. Fox opted to pass on pursuing film rights to the property while MGM eventually settled with Marvel out of court. Spider-Man film right, Spider-Man's film rights with MGM out of the picture and Fox now wanting, not wanting to pursue the character... Sony Columbia Pictures snagged up the film rights and Spider-Man uh, to Spider-Man right up. So this long legal battle, uh, uncertain Cameron's screenplay being used, Sony inherited. Uh, they inherited and they had scored. They scored film rights to the character. Uh, 
At the time of announcing they'd acquired a movie, the movie rights to Spider-Man, Sony Brass said they weren't thinking about Cameron's involvement one way or another. But per Cameron's modern-day comments, once Fox didn't step up to grab the film rights to Spider-Man, the filmmaker dropped the production. Hmm. Let me find out this company. I could have swore this was like in in conjunction with like. Uh, you mean Carol Go? Yeah. I thought they were like something. I thought they were something connected to like, ah, okay. That's why. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Carloco films. This is okay. All right. All right. So these are some of the hits. The Rambo friend <clears throat> first, the Rambo franchise. Oh, total recall. Mm. Terminator two, basic instinct, universal soldiers, cliffhanger, stargate. All these movies came from Carol. Go. Yes. All these fucking, like, classic films. I'm going through the rest of the stuff. Let me see. Um, trying to find some other big hits. The Changeling. This is a great movie. Uh, Shogun I have not seen, but I heard it's good. Oh, yeah. So, Rambo. Yeah, so, First Blood, Rambo 2. Um, sorry, First Blood Part 2. Uh, Angel Heart, Prince of Darkness. That's a John Carpenter film. Rambo 3, Red Heat. They Live. Um, just a shocker just a bunch of like total recall air america jacob's ladder hamlet terminator 2 basic nc chaplin uh cliffhanger target like i said showgirls horrible movie but great to watch um so these are like these are like movies that were like big hits in the 90s and like late 80s right Mm -hmm. early let's say 80s from the beginning of the 80s to like um, maybe it's like mid nineties, right? They they weren't all bangers, but like, come on, Terminator Two, Basic Instinct, like these, like film, The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, like these are good movies. Mm. And the company was it could have made, and they have like a sort of a like dark tone to their stuff. Mm. Um, so they could have made a Spider Man movie. I bet you that Spider Man movie would have like saved that production company. The last movie was like Cutthroat Island, which. I know, like, bankrupt them. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, it took, like... God, this started, what, in the early, mid, mid-80s, early 90s? It took so many years before we got, like, a good Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and I mean good, like, Sam Raimi's, like, Spider-Man movie, which is, like, good. It, to me, it doesn't hold up. But it took so many years until we got like a near perfect Spider-Man movie in across the universe, across the Spider-Verse. Uh, you don't consider Tom Holland? They're good, but I say near perfect. I say they're near perfect, and I think the Spider-Verse mm. movies are perfect. Okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. My mistake. Like Spider-Man? actual good Spider-Man, uh-huh. Tom Holland, mm-hmm. even better than good, mm-hmm. like the gooder of good, the gooder of good, good, yeah, of best of good, good. Spider Verse, Spider Verse. You don't like, you don't think uh, the goodest of the good of all that is good, Spider-Man Two. Now we are going to do Danny Boyle's 
Slumdog Millionaire. Welcome to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire! On the world's biggest game show, how does a boy from the slums know all the answers? Are you nervous? Am I nervous? Oh, yes. On an American $100 bill. Smile! There is a portrait of which American statesman? Behind every answer. Benjamin Franklin. You're absolutely right! Is another unforgettable story. Professors, doctors, lawyers never get beyond 16,000 rupees. He's on 10 million. I like how you said that. Danny Boyle. Because I was like, what do I say here? I forgot. <laughs> I hope you host one show and I start to forget everything. I bet if I host like two shows, you'll be like, where am I? Yeah, exactly. What, what is this mic in front of me for? <laughs> uh, this film came out in 2008. Mark has been dying to show it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The synopsis is a Mumbai teenager reflects on his life after being accused of cheating on the Indian version of who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, or as the host says, milliner. Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> Directed by Danny Boyle and Loveline Tendon, who's a co-director in India. It's written by Simon Bufoy, or Bofoy. It stars Dev Patel, Frida Pinto, Madhur, uh, Madhur Mittal, and uh, yeah. Okay. What? I thought you were going to read that part. thought you were going to be, and rest of cast. <laughs> No, I saw that as uh, I was gonna, uh, saying, and okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, Kelsey has, Kelsey had mentioned, I haven't wanted to show her this movie. For years. For years. For years. Um, Just leaving it in the chamber. I know, right? Uh, I was I was trying to find a good time to do it, and look, it just landed on my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, this was at a time where I was all about Danny Boyle. I was just like, he can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And then he did some wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's how you felt about Wes Anderson. Now you're starting to be tired of him. I know. That's how I felt about Christopher Nolan. Not so much with Edgar Wright. Jordan Peele knew. Yeah. I think you felt that a little bit about Edgar Wright. Uh, like, I, like you're not tired of him, but mm-hmm. he doesn't come out with gold every time either. Yeah, he always, it's so funny. He seems to, like, kind of slip up when it comes to the third act. Mm-hmm. Like, like evident in, like, Last Night in Solo. And that kind of, like, kind of, like, all right, like, happy ending with, like, Baby Driver. Um, I liked Baby Driver, though. Even with the happy ending at the end. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, this is a movie, like I said, I've been wanting to show Kelsey for a while. Uh, I remember seeing this movie. At the theater, walking out and fist pumping the air. Because I was like, fuck yeah, it's a good movie. Fuck yeah, I enjoyed it so much. Um, Do you still enjoy it so much? Well, as per usual, mm-hmm. no one gives a shit about my opinion. But I asked you. So the important part is, what does Kelsey think about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you if, if, if I like still like it or not. Okay. But, but please, oh, look, please. I think you just wait to hear what I have to say so you can... You know, change up my argument. Be like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or she says she likes it, so I gotta disagree. I know. <laughs> Even though I'm like, yeah, I love it. Oh, she loves it. Fuck, I can't love it anymore. <laughs> uh, so, what did you think about this movie? I I like this movie. I think it's mm-hmm. a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Oh yeah this this movie does not hold back. It's 
sometimes like it's funny because we talk about like a lot about how uh well like what type of writer i would be mm-hmm. or director mm-hmm. and you're like uh you're very dark yes and then this movie's dark then uh. i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what it feels like yeah. ow <laughs> Um, but it's a very good movie Mm. and, um, kind of makes you think about like where people come from. And, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's kind of like an underdog story, but the way he goes through his trials and tribulations, like I am in no way saying that I can relate to an Indian boy from the slums. Jamal character. Yeah. Mm. But, um, I definitely grew up not belonging anywhere and like, Mm. And didn't I wasn't allowed to own things really, and they even had me working when I was ten, buying my own clothes from Salvation Army. Like who does that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so now you can tell me what you think. Um, well, after rewatching it, um, it's very it's so funny. Like Danny Boyle had like this type of like frenetic style, and like this type of like. Dutch angles and like certain type of cinematography and stuff like that. Even like his music is like a certain type of Danny Boyle uh, style. Um, but like after rewatching it, I'm just like, this movie looks actually pretty dated. Um, is it because of the colors? Because they do the thing like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, Mexico where it's a different color. Yeah, it's like a yellow tint or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very like of its time. Um, I remember, like I said, I remember loving this movie when I first came out of theater or when I first watched it. Rewatching it now, I'm like, okay, I like this movie. And I think that I think the thing that really still keeps me like going, like connected with the movie is how how the how Jamal, the older Jamal, like uses the like these stories from his past, like these certain type type of like instances where like he knows like a gun is pointed to him. So he knows the answer to that question. Right. And it's this whole thing about like destiny and fate and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like how the movie begins, like, Oh, Jamal, such and such, like, um, one, uh, I think it was like 10 million rupees or something like that for who wants to be a millionaire. And they give you like, it was, Oh yeah. It was like, Oh yeah. He won it by, he won it by, and it's like a cheated, he knew the answer like so like it was like all these choices and the last one was like oh it was written and i like how that pays off at the end with the way he says uh it was written um so i think that kind of hopefulness like he's like i said like the title says he's like a slum dog like he comes from like dirt and being poor and stuff like that and he like wins all this money right but that's not even his focus like yeah, he wants the money, but like the thing he wants is like he wants to be with his love, which is um, Latika. Lati- La- Latika. Um, that's the thing he focuses on the most, right? And it's like he's doing this not to like get her attention, like oh she's money hungry or anything like that, but like here I'm on a I'm on a large stage. I'm betting it all, and I'm hoping you see this because I want to give you it all. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the thing. I that's the thing I still like about this movie. The style of it, I'm just like, damn, I can't really. It's dated. Like I say, it's dated. Some of like Danny Boyle's other work is really great. Like I love Train Spotting. That's like to me, that's his best movie that he's ever done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but this one it's like it kind of gets to a point where it's like all right it's kind of tiresome now mm-hmm. you know um well it just feels like he's got the same issues throughout the whole movie who danny, danny boyle no not him uh oh jamal jamal mm-hmm. um like because i'm going through his i'm actually going through his um uh, Danny Boyle's uh, filmography. The last movie of his that I saw and liked was like Steve Jobs, but I liked Steve Jobs because he was able to like weave these like three different timelines into like a singular story, mm-hmm. which I was like, all right, that's challenging. I like that. That's the thing. I've always liked a director that challenges himself, and Danny Boyle does that. Well, there's know? one particular scene I know you loved, and it was memorable enough for me to still remember it now. And Slumdog. Oh, in Trainspotting? No. Steve Jobs. I showed you Steve Jobs? Yeah, we watched it together. With Michael Fassbender? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We did see it together. I don't remember much about that now. You don't? You don't remember when they're in the hallway and it's white and there's like, mm. uh, like I don't know, some something on the wall, like projected? Mm. And Oh, and it's projected on like Michael Fassbender's character? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm kind of remembering that scene now. I like that one. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it. I remembered something. And you're like, I don't remember that. I know. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, but yeah, he used to like really. Okay, I, I think I, okay, I think I found it. Okay. It, this movie, re, this, I think this movie would have worked even better. I'm not saying it didn't work now. Like he actually won an Oscar for this movie. Right. And the, and the musical score at the end won an Oscar as well. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. That was at a time where, like, Danny Boyle, like, had to, like, change his style. Like, you can tell a style from a director and be like, oh, I see, like, a little bit of what they do and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see, like, a Scorsese film or Christopher Nolan film, if you know what to look for. And a fucking Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, exactly, right? If you know what to look for, you see it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, like, if he tried to do that, if Danny Boyle tried to do Slumdog Millionaire now, it would not work at all. Yeah. Um, So that's why I say, like, he's kind of at this time where like, all right, he has to like change his style and he kind of does it again with trans. And I remember liking that, but I've never revisited that movie and I barely remember anything about it. Mm. I just remember being like, I see his style, but like some of it's kind this is kind of dumb now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been ranting for a while. <laughs> no. So what did you, what did you like about this movie? Um, I like, how the main character like never lost his heart mm-hmm. you know like the guy who you say is not his brother that i swore was uh um salim yeah real quick why isn't that his brother again because i swear his mom grabbed both of them by the backpack uh because i'm assuming so uh what's this dude's name i forgot already salim uh-huh um, from my understanding, he just didn't have parents. So like, that was like his adoptive brother. Oh, uh, not legally adopted, but like his like mother I just took you cause you know, I care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, Salim didn't fare very well on his own because he was able, he was corruptible. Yeah. And, um, he just wanted better for himself any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So he wanted money. He wanted whatever. Yeah. Um, but I like that, um, Jamal was like, I 
just want to find this girl. I want to make sure she's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it didn't matter if he hadn't seen her for years. He's like, mm. I hope she's doing okay. I want to find her. Yeah. Um, so it didn't really matter what was going on. He was just like, not going to make the wrong choice. Yeah. And like his character is like very genuine and trying to be, I don't want to say try to be, but like sees like the brighter things in life. Not like, not like oblivious or anything like that or very gullible, but more like, no, there's like some good out there yeah. you know, in the world. And I got to like, I have to stay with it to not end up like how these other kids are so, like you said, so corruptible. Yeah. Um, he does kind of change too. Like it's not him on the streets the entire time mm-hmm. because then at some point he ends up in that call center. Yeah. And so you kind of get a sense that some things are getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even talk about like, oh, these used to be the slums and now they're building like high rises and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that they were able to show him like in a better situation. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the best, but it's better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but clearly he like still wants more. Yeah. He's well, he doesn't care about the money or anything. He just wants Latika, but he kind of realizes too that he kind of needs money for that. Yeah. Um, not that she's a gold digger or anything, but no, he obviously like he wants to provide uh, a better living for both of them, and he can't do that from a call center. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I like the fact that he was trying, but he did it the long way, which is the mm-hmm. right way. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> are you are you saying where uh, Salim you know becomes a gangster and you know hurts people and stuff like that for money and drugs and all that kind of stuff? You think you say that's not the uh, that's not the good way. Well, it's good for somebody. I need to hit up, hit up that lifestyle. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I mean, you've already kind of done some of it. Not the killing part. Yet. Yet. <laughs> As opposed to like killing for money, now I'm just going to kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, bring back drugs. Oh, yeah, because they're, so, you, they're you, so out of style. No, for you. And then, you know, and then you'll kill for the drugs. First, you got to want them. <laughs> I'm so old. You're like, no. I'm sure if I did a snort of like cocaine. A snort? A snort. Uh, sorry, if I snort a snort. <laughs> if I snorted cocaine, I'm sure I would like. Your head would explode. My head would explode. I have a heart attack or something. I'm like, ah, that's a reflux. <laughs> um, What else? What do you think about. um? Danny Boyle's direction. Uh, how many? Let me see. We've seen Steve Jobs mm-hmm. showed you train spotting. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Oh no, we watched that. <sighs> watched that one movie uh, yesterday. That Beatles movie. Ugh. Yeah, what I know. The fuck, I hate that movie. <laughs> Fucking hate that movie. Uh, um, yeah. So sorry, go on. His his directing was good. Mm-hmm. The only thing is I had a hard time. I know what you're going to say. I had a hard time keeping track of who was who. That's that is understandable and that's and it's hard cuz I hate saying it but the I could not tell them all apart, especially yeah. when they're kids, right? Yeah, that's understandable. And I think that's because of Boyle's kind of like frenetic direction. Mm-hmm. Um and like low lighting, it doesn't do the movie. Uh, justice and then when he ages them up yeah it's not a huge age gap mm-hmm. so when it's st- when the um when the closed captioning that we put on mm-hmm. says like middle jamal i'm like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> yeah and then i'm like oh they're kind of like 
kind of older. I don't know. Yeah, they're like, and you know what's funny? It's like they were teens. Like it was like it was like middle Celine who was supposed to be like in his teens and like teenage Jamal, mm-hmm. but teenage Jamal kind of looked like young Jamal, mm-hmm. and it was just like, wait, what? Like how? Like or like like middle Jamal kind of looked mm-hmm. like young um, Salim. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it was, it was kind of disorienting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, so when, I mean, you could tell them apart when they're adults, but when they're kids, you're yeah. like, who's who? I know, right? You're like, okay, I think I know who this is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, I did get kind of irritated with the whole, like, every time Jamal does something, mm-hmm. Salim breaks him down every single time. Yeah. And it's that, like, that was like a little like too much. Yeah. Like too much. Mm. Um, but I do overall like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the cinematography was pretty good. Mm. But it's funny, like, how do you make shit look good? That's true. Yeah. How do you make the slums look good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, some of the cinematography didn't really work for me too much. Because like I said, like some of the low lighting or like the shadows were too too dark like i couldn't make out certain stuff or some of it was just the same color like um that scene that you like in the building oh when jamal uh catches it with salim and like punch him yeah it, like like, and, like the shots were too wide and then mm-hmm. even when they're falling out of the the building like it's they're too zoomed out yeah so it, i'm sorry go on it just doesn't look right and it is kind of out of nowhere i'm not saying like jamal punching like so, like, Jamal punching Salim, that makes sense because, like, what he did to him when they were teenagers, right? Um, but him kind of, like, playing the whole thing in his head of how he's going to, like, attack Salim, it's so out of nowhere because we never really got something like that during the movie. It was, like, everything was more based, like, like in reality, but, like, the the exterior of the characters mm-hmm. where that one was like an interior thought. It was like, wait, like, Whoa, that came out of nowhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I know, I know people are going to say, Oh, well, like everything is like a retelling. It's like going on in Jamal's head, like him kind of retracing his steps, how he got to that point. Mm-hmm. But that's still like based in reality of like, okay, he got from point A to point B to point C and everything like that. As opposed to like point A, point C, here's a detour. Yeah. That happened. I know that's what I like that scene, but at the same time, I'm like, that really doesn't mix with the flow of the movie. It doesn't. And they could have done a little bit better job too of like showing how the area was changing. Yeah. Because it's dirty, and then all of a sudden they're in an unfinished building. Yeah. Which doesn't mean jack shit in a country like that because mm. it could just be a lot of things are like halfway built and then they run out of money. Yeah, just, or it was yeah. just a scheme to get money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's uh, they're building stuff and it's like getting better. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So last thing is what did you. Well, actually, a couple of things. Uh, writing. Uh, that writing is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, they, they have some really good lines and like, um, they do a pretty good job of like the different perspectives from each age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think the writing was really actually good. Yeah. And it, and, uh, it has like several separate timelines that are happening at the same time. 
um, between like the kid version, teenage version, adult version, and stuff like that. Um, and it could have, it could have like fucked up along the way, but you're at least able to like keep up and be like, okay, like this is this is something that clearly happened at a certain point of his life, and how that's connected to like the answer he's gonna uh, he's gonna come up with. Yeah. You know, like I said, it could have messed up so many times, but I was like, no, no, it's smooth. We're good. Um, all right. So last thing, acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your opinion on it? You know, it's funny. Um, well, there are a lot of foreign movies out there that don't translate. Mm-hmm. And I think partially that's because Danny Boyle is Danny Boyle. Um, so he can yeah. make it work. Yeah. Um, this movie. Um. They, they have really good acting in this movie. Like, they chose the right people. Mm-hmm. And um, the acting's not stilted. Like, you think of Gal Gadot, and she doesn't translate very mm. well sometimes. Superman. No. How's it go? How's it go? Clark, remember who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think that's the reason why I think the acting is good, too. Because, I mean, it's a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. But also... Um, you can understand where they're coming from, and it's oh, not yeah. like, yeah, oh, they kind of suck at acting. Like you can't understand mm. what's their point or whatever. So this was Dev Patel's uh first like feature film because he, he used to do a TV show called Skins and a bunch of other smaller parts. Um, I think this is a great like jumping off point of the of the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I'm gonna. Because I know he did like this movie called Life of Pi that's really great. And of course he he was in... He I played, wanted to see that, but I didn't see it. Life of Pi? That's another great movie. Well, didn't that come out the year Fargo did? I feel I like that was a really you. big um, Oscar season. That one was huge. Uh, okay, so, so we're talking about Fargo, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe so. Uh, no, I think like... Because I think Life of Pi was like mid two thousand. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Not admit. Uh Life of Pi. If I can find it, as I go down the list. Um. Really liked him in the Eternals. What the fuck? Am I on the right movie? Um. Who? Depito? Mm-hmm. I'm just playing. <laughs> Oh, we're being racist. He's not in that movie. <laughs> He's not in Life yeah, of Pi. No, it's uh, it's Shira <laughs> Samira. That's I like you're like oh, we're being racist. I know, right? <laughs> we're yeah. stereotyping. Hey, look, two uh, two sure. movies in a row. Hmm. Because he thought the guy who played um. Sebastian was the old man. In the oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, being stupid. Um, yeah, I like that. But this is the first time I saw him in anything. Mm-hmm. And already I was just like, that guy's going to go places. Like mm-hmm. that dude's got a, he's got like a unique face. And like, I like the style of acting. Mm-hmm. Um, plus he's in the Great night. I fucking love that movie. That's such a good movie. He really came up. How? How did he come up? I'm just saying, like, this movie was good. And uh-huh. he was a child. Uh-huh. 
Um, but now he's not a child and he stuck around and like, I don't know. I don't know his background for real, like his actual background, but, uh, born in London. Uh, parents of his breakout performance of Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. That's it. So London. Huh? So London. Okay. London. Yeah. He still came up. God, he's such a handsome dude. Okay, sorry. What? <laughs> That's it. That's what we're talking about now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you think this movie still holds up? Yes. Okay. It I, does, even though it's mm-hmm. dated looking. Mm-hmm. The story is still. It still holds up. Still relatable to mm-hmm. the day. I agree uh, with all that. Yeah, the movie does look dated, but like the stories, the story is really great. Um, Timeless. Yeah, I mean, still, it's a very uplifting story. Like, I mean, the movie can't be sad at times. The time. movie's mostly sad, but yeah, it has mostly, a point. <laughs> yeah, but it's very uplifting. Uplifting, like, yeah, happiness, it happens. Woo! <laughs> um, you know, there was a part of me hmm. that was like, um, he's on the show, and he uh-huh. has that one last question to answer. Uh-huh. And like, I'm like, he's not going to get it, but he's still going to get the girl. And he got it. I was like, okay. No, it's like, he can have both. It's okay. No, he can't. No. That's not how stories work. You know, it's based off a true story. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But see, that would have been nice, too. It would be nice if I had 20 million rupees. How much is 20 million rupees in America? Let's find that out real quick. (laughs) Like, if I had 20 million rupees... It doesn't even matter if it doesn't equal a million dollars. All right. Uh, nah, not too bad. It's about two hundred forty-two uh, hundred thousand. Two hundred forty-two hundred thousand. Two hundred forty-two thousand. I could do a lot with that. You could. You I could pay off. Pay off my car, my credit mm-hmm. card, down payment on the house. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that worked. Oh no! It's actually shifted. All right. Uh, it's actually four hundred thirty-six, four hundred thirty-six thousand. Now, as or? of as of two thousand and six. Oh, okay. Um, actually, let me let me let me look even further. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm. You're like, hmm. How much was twenty million rupees in two thousand eight? Um, it's like half a million dollars anyway. Oh, actually, you know what? I was right. The first, the first statement, yeah, two hundred forty-two, because the American dollar has like dropped a lot, so it's two hundred, two hundred forty-two thousand dollars. Mm. So something like that. Anything yeah. else? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm still. I'm trying to read it now too. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So I Kelsey reads that. Um, that's gonna be a first show for this week. We would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Um. We especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. For all your uh, film news, TV news, and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. Don't be afraid to hit us up on therealappeal at gmail.com. Drop us a line. We'll most likely read your letter. If you're a blackmail email, yes. We love those. <laughs> you know what? No hmm. lie. Twice. Like, I think one time last week and one time this week, which ah. was today, ah. I was like, I need to stop just automatically deleting my spam. Oh, just check to see if you got one? Yeah, before I, like, delete it. <laughs> I need to check my spam. Um, 
Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're our podcasts are all we're we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're on all podcast catchers. You can just download us. Uh, while you're on your podcast catcher, uh, don't be afraid to review us. Five stars. That takes like thirty seconds. Not even that. Probably like ten seconds, and that's it. We're standing um, outside your window right now. I know, with a boombox, like, we have those five stars. No, not even with a boombox. We're just waiting, staring <laughs> through the window. Intimidating you. We're everywhere. We could see you. <laughs> but you can't see us. Stop doing that thing to your body. <laughs> Stop washing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was more, if you tug on it more than three times, it's, it's perverted. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be back next week. Uh, Kelsey's going to hate this, but I'm, I'm. I'm torturing her and I'm loving it. Uh, we're going to do our recent review, which will be Transformers Rise of the Beast. Beasts. I, I just need you to know hmm. that the movie is already bad in my mind to the point where I've already forgotten what I haven't even watched. <laughs> yeah. My brain's already like forget mode. I, re- I really hope you you change your tune. Like, oh my God, it's a great movie. Better than Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> That's blasphemy. <laughs> Okay, you're going to hell. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to hell. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> so Transformers: Rise of the Bees, as Kelsey's is looking at me, uh, it's in theaters Friday, June 9th. Uh, we're gonna do geriatric <laughs> <laughs> cinematic. Will be tra- the Transformers the movie, which is available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube, uh, Google Play, and other VOD services. Uh, the topic for that week will be Transformers Roll Out or Roll the Fuck Out. Is that when you play um, the song from uh, Ludacris? Yeah. Roll out. Roll out. Roll out. Roll out. Roll out.